It's the old radio comedy podcast. Hey, welcome to episode 13 of the old radio comedy podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. I'd like to start out today by giving a big thank you to all of you listeners who have left such great comments about the podcast on our webpage. Several of you have stated that you're really getting into old-time radio comedy thanks to the podcast, and that really means a lot to me. And a couple of you have asked questions, so I'm going to take a minute to answer them. John in Seattle asks, do you only listen to old-time comedy radio, or do you also listen to other genres? And if so, what are some of your favorite shows? Well, John, I listen to a ton of old-time radio shows from every genre. I probably spend at least four hours a day doing it. And other than comedy, uh, my other favorite genre is probably suspense. A couple of my favorite suspense shows are Lights Out, and I really like The Mysterious Traveler. I also have another podcast out called Greg Fordyce Presents The Whistler, which features that great suspense show. Amy in Des Moines asks, where is a good place to download episodes of old-time radio shows, and are they copyrighted? You know, those are great questions. Uh, probably the best place, in my opinion, is the Internet Archive at archive.org. They have over, you know, I think it's like 4,000 audio files of classic radio shows from the Golden Age of Radio. And yes, they are free to download, as pretty much most of the shows from that era are in the public domain. There's a lot of other websites out there that contain uh, collections of old radio shows. So, you know, basically just Google old-time radio. Of course, none of that can compare with listening to the old radio comedy podcast, so keep tuning in here three times a week. Seriously, though, thanks for the comments and the questions, and if you'd like to make a suggestion for a show you'd like to hear on this podcast or leave your own comment, please visit us at anchor.fm slash old radio comedy podcast. Today, we're featuring an episode of Meet Millie a great old radio comedy show that ran from July 2nd, 1951 to September 23rd, 1954. Audrey Totter, who created the character, played the title role in the beginning, but had to quit after her studio refused to let her play the role on the TV show, which came later. She was replaced by Elena Verdugo, who also played the role on the TV show. Millie is a secretary in Manhattan, and she lives with her mother, played by Florence Halop, and then later Bo Benaderet. Millie's boyfriend, J.R. Boone, was played by Ross Ford, and there were several other supporting characters in every episode. The TV show ran from October 25, 1952 to March 6, 1956 on CBS, and was one of the very first TV series to be broadcast from the new CBS Television City Studios in Hollywood. So sit back, relax. Get ready to laugh. We'll bring you the episode Painting the Town Red from Meet Millie, originally broadcast on October 22nd, 1953, right after this message. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. 
invite you to meet Millie, created by Frank Galen, transcribed and brought to you by... Brill Cream. Brill Cream. Brill Cream. World's largest selling hairdressing. It must be good. Brill Cream. Brill Cream. Brill Cream. The cream that's not greasy, not messy. And now meet Millie with B. Benaderet as Mama, Marvin Kaplan as Alfred, and Elena Verdugo as Millie. Well, Millie and her mama usually get to bed pretty early on the nights when Millie doesn't have a date. But tonight they kicked over the traces and painted the town red. They caught the late show at the Rivoli and then stopped at the drugstore for hot chocolate. As we join our dissipated friends, they have just arrived home. Mama, do you know what time it is? Don't tell me. I don't want to hear. It's half past twelve. I asked you not to tell me. Why did you have to tell me? And I gotta get up at seven fifteen. Oh, unhook me in the back, huh? We had no right to stay out so late. No, I'm glad we went. <laughs> it was a terrific picture, wasn't it? Yeah. What's the matter? You like it? No, it's all right. But I thought it was going to be a musical. I think it's very misleading of them to put Frank Sinatra in a picture like that. Oh, Mama. Not only doesn't he sing, he dies. <laughs> Come on, Mama, there are two more hooks. I like to see singers singing and actors acting, and never the twain should mix. There. Now you unhook me, huh? Turn around. Mm. I thought it was just a sensational picture. That Montgomery Cliffs is marvelous. I'm sitting and I'm watching, and I figure any second now he's going to sing a song. Before I know it, he's dead. <laughs> what surprised me was the part Deborah Carr took off. Oh, I never thought she could take off a part like that, did you? All right, so not a whole song. Bob, but couldn't they have at least let him do a few notes of that old black magic while he was dying? <laughs> Molly, you kill me, you really do. You know what's the matter with them in Hollywood lately? I, I, I feel like sitting down and writing a good stiff letter to Luella Parsons. <laughs> Taking a picture like from here to eternity and putting... Fra <laughs> Who could that be at this hour? I have no idea. Should we answer? Let me in, let me in. It's Alfred Prince Metal. What's he doing here at this hour? Billy, Mrs. Branson, let me in. Okay, Alfred, okay. That crazy kid. Let me in quick, close the door. <laughs> What happened, Alfred? Who tore your coat? You're as white as a sheet. Is the door locked? Is somebody chasing you? Why are you looking out the window? Somebody's chasing him, all right. Alfred, what did you do? Come on, Alfred, tell us. You, you, you wrote, kick me hard on the back of a policeman? <laughs> I didn't do anything. It's what somebody did to me. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I was walking along Amsterdam Avenue on my way home from my biology club. Uh-huh. Well... I got to the corner of 83rd Street where I crossed. Uh -huh. I looked to the right and I looked to the left. There wasn't a car in sight, so I proceeded across the intersection. You sure? Just then, a bakery truck came tearing around the corner on two wheels. If I hadn't had perfect reflexes and jumped back just in time, falling and tearing my coat, I would now be dead. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that's terrible. So who's chasing you? And the driver tried to talk me out of reporting him to the police. The nerve of him. I said to him, you could have taken a human life with your careless driving, let alone mine. <laughs> <laughs> and 
it's my duty to see that the police hear about this. Well, you were absolutely right. So he started to chase you? Now, first he pleaded with me. It's his fourth offense. They'll put him in jail. He'll pay for my coke. He opened the truck, and he tried to get me to eat some hot rolls. <laughs> and he's just a poor working man, and this could cost him his job. Imagine. So what did you say? Not a word. I just shook my head and went on eating hot rolls. <laughs> <laughs> they were delicious. I'll say that for him. Real crisp crust and light and flaky inside with just the right Alfred, amount of... Alfred, no. So you insisted you were going to report him, huh? Naturally. Was he a big fella? A giant of a man over six feet tall. You never saw such a brute. So you ran away and he started to chase you, huh? Yeah, it was like a nightmare. This brute pounding along behind me and me trying to take short steps so I wouldn't crush the hot rolls in my pocket. In your pockets? Here, have them while it's still hot. No, thanks. Millie? I'm not hungry. So you got away from him, huh, I Alfred? think so. I think I lost him at the corner. I turned just as I... That's him. He saw me. Hide me, hide me. Take it easy, Alfred. Yeah, who is it? Did a plump little feller with a torn coat and a strong smell of hot rolls come in here? It's him, it's him. Hide me. Yeah. Uh, go away. We'll call the police. Please let me in. All I want to do is talk to the critter. He'll kill me. He's a vicious monster. <laughs> go away or we'll call the police. Go away, you, you big overgrown brute. Well, shucks, ma'am, I'm as gentle as a mess of custard kissing the inside of a cream puff. <laughs> Doesn't sound very dangerous. Please, ma'am, it's powerful important. He's more scared than Alfred. All I want to do is have a little talk with the boy, or whatever he is. <laughs> He'll kill me. Let's let him in. What do you say, Millie? Let's hear his side of the story. Sure. He doesn't sound like a troublemaker. You're throwing me to the wolves. No, no, no. You just come over here by me, Alfred. I won't let him hurt you. You'll have my blood on your head. Oh, Alfred, now stop dramatizing. Oh, thank you for... There he is. This is the monster, Alfred? Alfred, you told us he was six feet tall, but you didn't tell us he was only an inch and a half wide. <laughs> I thought he was a big brute. Well, I was sitting down. Please, friend, you got to listen to me. I got a sick mother to support. If I lose my job, it might kill her. Bless her sweet old heart. <laughs> He's a sweet boy. Thank you, ma'am. I always say that though friends may forsake me, I may lose my health and money, and the road may grow dark before me. My mother's smile will be a beacon of light showing my tired feet the glory road to that old camping ground in the sky. <laughs> Don't just stand there, Alfred. Take off your hat. <laughs> Why didn't he think of his mother before hitting innocent pedestrians? Yeah, yeah. You know, a man has no right to drive reckless, Mr. Uh, uh, Waverly, Harvey Waverly. Uh, you're absolutely right, Mrs. Uh, Bronson, Mrs. this is my daughter, Millie. How do you How do? You do? How do, you do? How do, you do? I'm very happy to meet you both. 
As I said, you're right. There's just no excuse. I realize that. I'm awful lucky I didn't kill Mr. Uh, Mr. Prince Metal, uh, Alfred E. Prince Metal. Very happy to meet you. <laughs> Likewise, I'm sure. That's a fine role your company puts out. Well, thank you, Alfred. I can appreciate it because I'm an artist myself. Poetry is my field. You don't say. I, I love poetry. Gee, back on the farm, I used to sit for hours reading poems to my chickens. <laughs> Would you like to hear my latest poem? Well, I'd love it. Love it. Yes, sit down, Mr. Waverly. You too, Alfred. Oh, don't interrupt. <laughs> Song for a Statue in the Park by Alfred E. Prinsnet. Hail to thee, brave statue, noble monument, braving summer's heat and winter's cold. Bronze general on your bronze horse, sitting silent in the night. What stories, O oh metal equestrian, could you tell if you could talk? Of park bench, whispered love words, and things written on your horse's flank in chalk. <laughs> Keeping your secrets, telling not a smidgen, as you brave the indignities of man and boy and pigeon. <laughs> well, what do you think of it? I want to tell you, I just wish my chickens could have heard that. <laughs> really? Gee, I got one little Rhode Island red. Why, she would have just backed right up to you and laid an egg in your hand. <laughs> That's a fine poem, Alfred. A real poetic. I just know that a, a feller that can write beautiful poetry like that wouldn't cause me to lose my job. That's where you're wrong, Harvey. <laughs> you're a nice fella, but I have my duty to the community, and nothing swerves Alfred E. Prince Metal from his duty. <laughs> Millie and Mama will be back in a moment, but first... Real cream, real cream, real cream, real cream, a little dab will do ya. Real cream, you look so debonair. Real cream, the gals will pursue ya. Simply rub a little in your hair. Today, get Brill Cream. See what it will do for you. Remember, the smart look is the Brill Cream look. <laughs> Yes, what can I... Oh, it's you, Johnny. Yes, it is I. And don't you know when the boss's son comes into the office, the smart secretary jumps up and gives him a great big kiss? Please, Johnny, I'm in no mood for fooling around. I hardly got any sleep last night. Why? What happened? Well, you know Alfred Prince Metal. You mean the beast that walks like a beast? <laughs> of course I know him. Why? Well, Mom and I were up half the night pleading with him. Pleading with him? What for? Well, he had a little accident with this nice fellow that drives a bakery truck, and if Alfred reports him, he'll lose his journey as old sick mother to support. And Alfred insists on reporting him. Yes. We figured maybe you or your father could talk Alfred out of it. Well, I don't know, Millie. Hello, kid. Hello, Mrs. Bronson. Hello there, Alfred. Don't you say good morning to people, Alfred? He's not talking. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ooh, I'm so disgusted with this boy, Millie. Did you have any luck talking him out of reporting Harvey Waverly to the police? Luck, huh? This is the stubbornest boy in the world. F- from the neck up, he's pure mule. <laughs> Johnny, talk to him. Okay. Alfred, let's you and I have a nice man-to-mule talk. <laughs> it won't do you any good. I'm going to do my duty. That's all you can get out of him. I'm going to do my duty. I'm going to do my duty. Very easy for you to talk. You weren't almost run down by that maniac. You weren't walking along peacefully one minute, thinking about what plastic fabrics are doing to the digestive system at a mort. (laughs) (laughs) And the next minute being crushed to the pavement by five tons of hurtling metal and glass. Bearing down upon you like death itself with the angry roar of screaming tires. Alfred. Face to face with a horrible death. No time to escape the hurtling power of the huge steel monster. Alfred. No way to escape being crushed like a grape against the sidewalk in a death more horrible than any I was reliving the horrible moment. (laughs) Alfred, let's face it. You stepped back to get out of the way and you fell. You were in no danger of getting crushed like a grape. You just tripped over your big, clumsy feet. (laughs) You hate me. Look, Alfred, don't you realize what'll happen if you go to the police? That nice man, Harvey Waverly, will lose his job. He might even go to jail. And how about his poor, sick mother? And how about my mother? If I'd been killed, think of the look on her face. (laughs) The doorbell rings. She goes to answer it. There's a policeman standing there with a burlap bag over his shoulder. (laughs) Mrs. Prinsmetal says the policeman. Yes, she says. Your son had an accident, he says. Her face goes white. Was it bad, she says. Look for yourself, says the policeman. Alfred, your imagination is running away with you. That's the trouble with poets, you know. Alfred, don't you think you're making a mountain out of a molehill? This country is built upon a foundation of laws. It is up to every one of us to obey and respect those laws. Well, what's going on out here? Hello, Mr. Boone. Oh, it's the human race's answer to the dachshund. (laughs) Mr. Boone, maybe you can do something with this boy. Well, how about using his two heads for bookends? (laughs) He hates me, but really. This is pretty serious, Mr. Boone. Alfred is going to report some poor fellow to the police for almost running him over. And he's such a nice man. And he'll lose his job. And he has a poor, sick old mother. Alfred, how could you be so mean? Mean? Who's mean? I'm only doing my duty as a citizen. We must temper justice with mercy, Alfred. Look, don't you think I feel sorry for the fella? Don't you think I'm human? Don't wait for an answer. I'm warning you. (laughs) I don't want to see Harvey lose his job and go to jail. But what can I do? The law is the law. My hands are tied. If I don't report him to the police, I'll be committing a crime myself. What do you do with a boy like this? Mr. Boone, would you please talk to Alfred? Um, Alfred. Yes? Alfred, I know there have been times when it seemed to you that I didn't like you. Well, that isn't true. 
You exasperate me at times, but underneath it all, I really like you. No kidding. Really? <laughs> yes, really. And that's why I don't want to see you do something for which I know you will be... When did you first realize you liked me? <laughs> One day when you knocked over a bottle of ink on my desk and you looked at me with those big, sad eyes. But to get back, you may think you're doing... You know what, Mr. Boone? Huh? What? I like you, too. <laughs> well, that's fine. As I was saying, Alfred... Uh, would you, you like to know when I first realized that I liked you? Some other time, Alfred. What seems to be I your duty... I can remember as though it was yesterday. I had just stepped on your corn. <laughs> and your face was turning a beautiful shade of light purple that harmonized with the gray shirt and blue tie you were wearing. <laughs> Any other man would have cursed me and hit me. But exercising great self-control... You satisfied yourself by swatting me twice with your briefcase. <laughs> I realized then you were a man of character. Thank you, Alfred. Well, goodbye, everybody. Mr. Boone! Dad! Aren't you going to stay and talk to Alfred some more? No, I have had enough. Now I'm going to relax for a while. If anyone wants me, I'll be in the supply closet slamming the door on my head. <laughs> Well, that's one down. Who wants to tackle him next? Oh, Alfred. Alfred, listen. That man has a sick mother to support. Suppose he loses his job and they starve to death. The traffic laws of the community are made for the protection of its citizens. Anyone who breaks these laws is endangering the security of the community and must be punished. Furthermore, it is a duty of Millie and Mama will be back in a moment. Mama, I'm home. Oh, hello, honey. Did Alfred go to the police yet? Not yet. How come? He said he was going to go to the police this afternoon. Did you talk him out of it? No. Did you buy him off with money? No. So what did you do? I locked him in the bathroom. <laughs> you didn't. If you don't believe me, try to take a shower. <laughs> You're right, Mama. Desperate measures are called for in a situation such as this. That's what I figured. What good will it do? Being locked in the bathroom isn't going to make Alfred change his mind about going to the police. I was just stalling until Harvey and his mother can get here. Harvey Waverly is coming up here with his mother? Yeah. I, I figured if anything can melt Alfred's heart, it's a poor, sick old woman. You know, Mama, you're probably right. Sure. Yeah, you know what a sentimental person Alfred is under all that dopiness. <laughs> That's right. He has a great respect for old age. Mama, you have a great idea there. You're a genius. Ah, shucks, there was nothing, really. Oh, that must be them. Open the door, Millie. I hope this works. Hello, Harvey. Hello, ladies. May I present my mother? Uh, mother, th these are my friends I was telling you about. Hello, Mrs. Waverly. Hello, Mrs. Waverly. Harvey's a good boy. Don't send him away. He's a good boy. Now, calm down, Mother. Uh, she's upset. She senses that something's wrong. Don't let them take you away, Harvey. They took your father away. Don't let them take you. <laughs> calm down, Mother. You're not giving your five o'clock pill a chance to take hold. 
Sit it down here, Harvey. That's it. Here, Mother. Easy. Harvey's a good boy. Uh, steady now. That's it. Okay, Mother, you're down. Uh, you can let go of my neck, Mother. You're, you're a good boy, Harvey. Isn't she a sweet old lady? She sure is. Has to be waited on hand and foot, you know. She can't do much for herself. Poor old darling. Yeah, I tell you, it's getting so the only pleasure she gets is soaking her feet in Epsom salts and watching This Is Your Life. Really? Is there a television on? Point me towards it, Harvey. Now, there's no television, Mother. You just relax. Harvey's a good boy. They don't come no better than Harvey. Millie, I think it's time to let Alfred out of the bathroom. Okay. I'll get him. Well, I, I sure hope we can talk that fella out of going to the police. Don't you worry, Harvey. When he meets your sweet old mother, he'll change his mind. I want some licorice candy, Harvey. <laughs> Harvey, I want some licorice. We haven't got no licorice at the moment, dear. Uh, you suck on your thumb for a spell. <laughs> How dare you lock me in the bathroom that way? Take it easy, Alfred. Now, calm down, Alfred. You're out now. I, I want you to meet Harvey's mother. Uh, mother, this is the fella I was telling you about. How do you do, Alfred? Take your thumb out of your mouth, mother. <laughs> That's it now. Mm. How do you do, Alfred? a girl. You can put your thumb back now. <laughs> Uh, I'm happy to know you, Mrs. Waverly. She sure is a sweet old lady, Harvey. Thank you, Alfred. She's all I have. What do you think would happen to her if Harvey lost his job? Don't report me, Alfred. Not for my sake. I don't care about me. But don't break this poor old lady's heart. What do you say, Alfred? You're not going to report him, are you, Alfred? Harvey's a good boy. He's a good boy. Listen to the poor thing. Stop it, stop it. Can't you see I'm torn between love and duty? If I don't obey the laws of the community, how can I live with myself? How can I face myself in the mirror? He's right. I imagine that's not too easy under ordinary circumstances. <laughs> Take it easy, Alfred. Why are you torturing me like this? Poor fella. He's got such a gentle heart. I I'm just trying to be true to my principles, that's all. I don't want to hurt anybody. <laughs> I'm not mean. <laughs> Poor Alfred. Don't cry, Alfred. It's enough to break your heart. Harvey, this is your life is on. I hear crying. <laughs> No, Mrs. Waverly, no. Oh, point me toward the television, Harvey. No, Mother. You, you just relax now. Put your thumb back in your mouth and close your eyes. That's it. Oh, what's the use? How can I do anything to hurt that old lady? Okay, Harvey. I won't go to the police. Hooray for Alfred. That's wonderful, Alfred. Harvey, you don't look happy. He won't have to go to the police because I'm going to go myself. What? What are you talking about? 
Alfred has given me a look at myself, and I don't like what I see. I am a potential murderer, and I have got to be punished. But, Harvey, you can't just leave your mother. Miss Bronson, my mama thinks that her son is a fine man. I got to do this for her sake, as well as for my own. But, but who's going to take care of her? Well, do you folks like her? Of course we We love her. Then you wouldn't mind taking care of her while I'm gone. <laughs> Harvey's a good boy. But Harvey, yeah, you, your mother... She'll be fine. I tell you, in about half an hour now, I'll let her soak her feet in some lukewarm water <laughs> and then put her other thumb in her mouth. And uh, if she should start to cry, there's a picture of Ralph Edwards in her purse holding about three inches from her nose. Harvey, wait a minute. Harvey's a good boy. Harvey, come back here. Harvey! Millie and Mama will be back in a moment. But first, Sunday evening, you'll want to be around to enjoy Edgar Bergen and his sidekick, Charlie McCarthy, the dummy who isn't so dumb. There are plenty of chuckles when this splinter brain gets to work. So stay tuned to CBS Radio this Sunday evening for the Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy show heard on most of these same stations. Mrs. Waverly asleep? Like a log, the poor thing. Good. Now you try to get some sleep. Hmm. Watching out for an old lady like that is pretty tiring, I'll bet. That's not so bad. <sighs> Hope she'll be comfortable in that bed. I'm sure she will. You know, it was real generous of you to let her sleep there. Listen, Millie, she's an old woman. It was the only decent thing to do. Still, it was very thoughtful. <laughs> I do the same for anybody. I just hope she appreciates it. Sure, she will. Now go to sleep and... Oh, Millie. What? Wouldn't you like another pill? It must be kind of hard on your back sleeping down there on the floor like that. <laughs> Good night, Mama. Good night, everybody. See you next week. Remember to tune in again next week to this same station for another comedy episode of Meet Millie, brought to you by... Real Cream. Real Cream. Real Cream. The cream hairdressing that's not greasy, not messy. Real Cream. Real Cream. Real Cream. The hairdressing that conditions as it grooms. Heard on tonight's transcribed show were Rye Billsbury as Mr. Boone Jr., Roland Winters as Mr. Boone Sr., Melitza Kalki as Mrs. Waverly, and Bob Easton as Harvey. Music was composed and conducted by Irving Miller. Meet Millie was produced and directed by Bill Manhoff and written by Bill Manhoff and Joel Kane. Bob Lamont speaks. This is the CBS Radio Network. And KNX Los Angeles, where Mercedes McCambridge stars in Family Skeleton at 845 tonight. You're listening to Same Time, Same... That was Painting the Town Red from the classic comedy radio show Meet Millie. I hope you enjoyed it. Well, that's it for today. Be sure to visit us at anchor.fm slash oldradiocomedypodcast and leave a message. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd sure appreciate it if you'd leave us a five-star rating or a review on whichever platform you use. 
Tune in next time right here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. La, 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 la.